Hello and welcome to another exciting episode. My name is Brian, host of The Plant Podcast. The Plant is brought to you by Thin Manager Software, the global leader in thin client management and mobility solutions. Thin Manager is a Rockwell automation technology. In this episode of The Plant, we were joined once again by business manager Doug Coulter, as well as Nick Putman, our product manager for Thin Manager. Doug has joined us on the show at least a couple of times before to talk about new version features and give a state of the union for Thin Manager. These two play a big part in shaping the future development of Thin Manager, the direction it heads, as well as the features that get priority when building future versions of the platform. Welcome to The Plant. I'm super excited. Today, I've got a couple of pretty heavy hitters from the Thin Manager team with us. Doug Coulter, our business manager, as well as Nick Putman, our product manager. Thank you guys both for agreeing to come on and talk with me a little bit today. Absolutely. Thanks, Brian. It's very rare that I get you guys in the same same place at the same time. We've got a training, so I'm taking advantage of having these guys together so we can talk a little bit about Thin Manager and and our roadmap for the future, where things are going, because these guys have the insights. I always make this joke, and I'm going to make it today too, but if, have you guys seen Minority Report? Absolutely. So for anybody who hasn't, Minority Report uh, with Tom Cruise, you've got these, these visualizations where it's all augmented and, and, and more or less virtual reality where he's, he's grabbing visualization, expanding, uh, zooming in, throwing things around all in this huge dis- display. And, and I've always, you know, kind of joked that that's, that's where the future of Thin Manager is. We're all, we're all going to be able to do this. Um, but I, I'm going to start this by asking you guys, like, how far away is this? How realistic is it to be able to integrate some of the technology from like the HoloLens and some of these things into real life? Sure. I, I, good question, Brian. Uh, we're really there today, to be honest with you. Uh, we've got support for a handful of different wearable devices, really taking advantage of, of augmented reality. Uh, we're able to take content that's pre-developed by engineering and without modifying content that's already existing today, deliver that to a handful of different wearable devices. I think this will really enable a lot of, uh, a lot of unique technologies and opportunities for people, both from training all the way down to uh, the, the future state of operating in the, uh, the industrial space. And I think the key there is the fact that you're, you're not having to modify your existing content in any of those situations, right? So, so the effort involved in actually getting something usable today is real and it's not, it's not significant. So I think that's, that's really well put there. That's insane. I mean, it's supposed to be a joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I, so I guess, you know, right now we've got these wearable and the hollow lenses. And I know we've we've been working on facial recognition for a long time. Um, I, I guess it, it would be insane to see somebody in a production space be able to just walk in and start using that technology. But it's, I mean, it's crazy to hear that, that we're that close or that, that it's actually here. Well, I, th- I think, I guess, following up on that point, I think the platform lends itself well to uh, to adapting to these newer technologies because of the uh, the core centralization principles that that it, uh, that we embrace within Manager. So, I, th- I think the uh, the ability to pick up these technologies again in a, in a fairly rapid way um, really, you know, is one of the key value propositions of Thin Manager into the future for our customers. 
All right, so let me ask you guys a little bit. Uh, you know, we've got a point release coming up for Thin Manager. We've got version 11.2, and um, I wanted to ask a little bit about what the, the focus of 11.2 is and some of the, the fixes, any new features, kind of what we're, we're working into this point release. Sure, great question, Brian. I think that, you know, a lot of the primary development around this, this particular point release has really been security driven. It's enabling the product to support future and more complex architectures and really taking advantage of the product, again, in those, in those complex and secure environments. Um, we're adding something that we're calling the, uh, the free RDP module. Uh, the free RDP module is going to add some enhanced visualization, as well as allow us to pick up support for uh, different things like redirecting USB ports into running sessions within our environments, uh, as well as allow us to pick up remote desktop gateway support across an environment that has a, a more complex architecture like an IDMZ. Um, you know, some of the other features that you can expect to see in this release uh, will be things like uh, support for portrait mode displays. So as opposed to the, uh, the typical landscape that we've always supported, we'll be able to, to have content on rotated displays. Uh, we'll continue to improve our localization or uh, you know, what we're really referring to there as additional language support. Um, we are, uh, we're also adding some integration for a, uh, a wearable device. Um, there's a particular device manufacturer that we've been working with called NIMI. Uh, they make a, a wearable band that allows you to authenticate yourself as a user. Um, this is particularly interesting to our, uh, our pharmaceutical customers right now. Uh, because it's a way that they can authenticate themselves, um, you know, especially for uh, signing off on different processes that they do uh, throughout the day, um, whether in a, you know, in a clean room environment or in a full gowned up type of uh, PPE. You know, as you can imagine, if you're wearing a face mask or a hat, uh, facial recognition becomes difficult. Um, I could take my badge and hand that to Doug across the table here, and he could then continue to do that. Um, with something like the NIMI band or other future wearable support, um, it's going to, you know, it's going to go ahead and it's going to look at me. It's going to make sure that I'm the right person wearing that band and I can authenticate that using my biometrics. So again, in these environments that are more challenging to be able to, uh, to authenticate an individual, I think we'll see a, a you know, a, a good level of adoption there. And I, I think the, uh, the key there is that, uh, you, you hear three features there that really have been driven by our customer, just existing customer base in um, the first being portrait mode, that's been something that's been asked for for, for a number of years. Um, so uh, so that, that's being delivered in 11.2. And then with regard to that free RDP module, um, you know, the ability to redirect USB ports has long been requested uh, a supported feature in Thin Manager. The ability to take you know, a, um, a locally plugged in USB device of a Thin client and map it into a running remote desktop session. Um, is pretty significant for our customer base. Um, and then the other, uh, the other security aspect is, um, is adding support to tunnel VNC. So fundamentally in Thin Manager, um, we do a lot of VNC um, kind of screen sharing, um, both from the admin console and between you know, uh, managed Thin clients and uh, Thin Manager managed terminals. The ability to secure that, uh, that VNC traffic is, is gonna be really important to our customers. And um, again, very unique to Thin Manager. I gotcha. That's all, I mean, that's all really, really good stuff. And it, and it brings me into my next question because I was going to ask, like, where do we get the ideas for different features and, and different, um, you know, I mean, I guess fixes kind of present themselves, obviously. But, uh, um, 
you know, you mentioned getting, you know, customer desire and stuff like that. How do, I guess, feature ideas tunnel down uh, either from the user or or internally? How's that life cycle go? Sure. I I think that there's a kind of a combination there, Ryan. I, I think that there's a combination of both you know, direct customer requests that have a very specific uh, feature set, for example, the NIMI band. Um, we're adding support for that band as we talk, but it doesn't mean that we can't extend that to other wearables. So we like to take what a customer asks for and try to expand on that. I think pragmatically, we, we try to look at, you know, the, uh, the industrial space and, and really see what some of the challenges are that people are facing um, and really how, how the product can, can meet into that. To uh, incorrectly kind of quote Henry Ford, right? He always said, you know, if I gave my customers what they wanted, I would have given them faster horses. So we have to look outside of that and we have to be able to, uh, you know, to to really see what the industrial space is looking for. I think a a great example of that is kind of further out on our roadmap. And and we can talk a little bit about that if that's one of the questions that you have. I was going to ask kind of the the future. Yeah. So I think we could talk more, you know, more about the the future roadmap, you know, as as we progress here. But, uh, you know, one one feature in particular would be the uh, what we're calling our web browser display client. I don't know that we've had specific requests for this one in any way, shape, or form, and I really think that this will be a, uh, a you know, a, a significant driver in the market. Um, what we're going to be able to do there is eliminate the need for physical or virtual infrastructure to host web-based applications. We're going to be able to drive this down to the thin client and really simplify the overall architecture for a customer that's using web-based applications. Obviously, there's an increasing number of web-based applications out there, we'll be able to significantly reduce the amount of infrastructure required to host these applications. Um, you know, we hear the challenges of securing our, your environments and maintaining the different operating systems you have. Um, and so that's, you know, a feature where we've looked within our team to say, how can we better serve our customers? So I think that there's a lot of things and our customers bring great ideas to us, but we've got to take some ownership there as well. Yes, I think there's a really good mix typically of, of customer-specific feature requests and to Nick's point, you know, us trying to anticipate where we feel the market is going and the needs uh, of Thin Manager and how they're going to evolve. Um, and, and some of those things we, we, we hit on really well, I think. Um, every once in a while, there, there's, a, there's a feature that we've included that we might like to take back in the past. <laughs> but uh, but uh, there, there's definitely a good mix of, of customer-driven feature requests. Um, and, and we track them. So we have an internal database where we track and rate every feature request uh, that emanates not only from our customers, but internally from, you know, our, our various channel partners, as well as the Rockwell uh, ecosystem. And we essentially assign scores to them. We try to score each one and determine, uh, um, you know, and determine the value of each one and what's the effort uh, involved with actually say, delivering one. Some of them definitely one. are easier than others. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and as, so myself, a systems integrator for many years and a, and a user of Thin Manager for many years, there's still a number of feature requests that are on our, our features board that, that I had years ago. And you know, being on the other side now, I can appreciate why some of those things might not have been implemented um, you know, in, in the tie, at the time that I might have needed or wanted them. But there's still a history of them and we're still tracking them and, and, and trying to fit them into a future release. So, Yeah, I'm sure a lot of that comes you know, to do it right. Yeah. Not just do it. Yeah, for you know, sure. Not just slap a Band-Aid on something and necessarily get it to work, but to do it in a way that can work for others as well. Yeah, and, and Brian, like you said, there, there might be some things that appear on the surface to be very straightforward and should be easy to implement, but actually turn out to be very difficult. 
and and the inverse is true as well. There might be some things that are that are easier than what you'd expect. Um, so uh, so it's kind of always difficult to to really put your finger on that until until you're actually in development and engineering and seeing what that effort is. So if a, if a customer has a feature, how, how typically does a feature or does a customer tell us about a feature request or about something that they want to know? So, so we're using a tool internally and across a lot of the software platforms, not with Rockwell. It's called AHA. Um, that particular tool is available to any uh, Rockwell employee. Um, so grab an outside sales representative, grab one of your strategic account managers, let them know of this idea. And whether they're aware of this tool or not, let them know that they can go and they can submit that feature request. Uh, as soon as a feature request, as Doug was kind of explaining the process there, gets entered, um, any other Rockwell employee can come through and they can actually vote on these different topics. So as we get start to see and, and pick up support for a particular topic, that's usually when we take it to development. And so to, to Doug's point, we take it to development and say, hey, you know, we're starting to gain some steam on this particular topic. What do you feel the effort is in order to, to adopt that? Do we feel there's a security risk here? Do we feel that there's other concerns with a, a, a specific feature like this? Do we want to implement it as was stated by the customer? Or can we expand on that to maybe make it more generic? Maybe it was an industry-specific feature, but how can we expand on that and right, make it available to others? A little. Absolutely. Yep. So, so really, for somebody that's looking to uh, request a feature, uh, I would suggest grab your strategic account manager and have them go ahead and enter that for us, and we'll, we'll go ahead and, and start looking at is that. It, is it one of those things where somebody goes in to put in a feature set, and it's already there, and they can upvote it and, and stuff yeah, like that? Like, say, the I crowds, second this notion. The crowdsourcing, essentially, of, yeah. uh, of the features, absolutely. So there's a voting aspect to it, and then, as I mentioned, there's a scoring aspect to it as well, where you can you know, internally score it yourself in terms of its impact, you know, potential impact on the market, again, the effort involved with it, and then you factor in the number of votes um, that, are, that are actually driving the, uh, the, the feature request. I think where the features that, that I think have made Thin Manager so unique over the years have been exactly what Nick d- described there, which is you know, maybe what seems to be a kind of a base feature request that our engineering team and product team sit down and expand. Um, you know, the, the idea of scanning a QR code evolved into our relevance location uh, capability. Something as simple as that really, you know, spawned something much greater. And similarly, you know, somebody had requested picture in picture years ago, a display client nested inside of an existing display client. And that's actually what brought about virtual screens. So, so really that, that, that customer source of uh, feature requests has really what's driven the, the product to be what it is today. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that, and those are the users. Those are the ones using it and say, you know what would be great? Is, yep. Yeah. They're using it every day. So, yeah, they're going to be the best source of information there. Well, so I, I also wanted to ask you guys, um, as far as industry, industry trends, uh, things going on right now in manufacturing, whether it be pharma or, you know, food and beverage or what, whatever, is there, are there any trends that you can pinpoint um, that the manager hopes to take advantage of in the next few releases, uh, few, you know, in the future? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm my response there. Well, I, I, I should say Maybe. that you are willing to divulge <laughs> as far as the future roadmap. There might be. <laughs> um, well, industry trends, I guess that'd be thinking like security. I mean, uh, segre- yeah, I mean segregation of, of infrastructure. Yeah, security's big. Um, well, and you talked about, you know, the, the, 
the internal browser. I mean, there's a lot of different use cases for that. Yeah. That obviously, yeah. as as things turn to more web apps and more browser based applications, I mean, that is a definite trend that right. moving forward. Yeah, I, I would say a big one would be security. Um, as people start to connect their industrial and enterprise networks, you know, typically the best answer in the past for a lot of our customers to secure their environment was to segregate their environment, to keep that network unconnected. Um, obviously, the goal of, of Rockwell as a greater enterprise is to connect the enterprise, right? And we really see Thin Manager as a product that can help facilitate that. And so kind of as we talked with their, our point release, a lot of the, the recent features are, are driven around enabling the, uh, the secure deployment of applications across these connected environments. Um, and then part of that too is, is how, do, how do we actually go to market with that? Uh, where we would have typically seen a single server be stood up before, uh, we may be segregating lines. Um, there may be firewalls between different lines to provide different breakpoints. And so while not necessarily a roadmap feature, that's really what drove a lot of the, uh, the need and the, the recent change in our licensing model to what we have today, the VFlex licensing, right? One of the big advantages is there is that now I don't have to let a licensing model dictate my architecture. I let my security-focused individuals and my cybersecurity experts drive the architecture, and then the licensing model fits whatever architecture that they did important, right? So I, I think that a lot of the changes more recently have been around uh, adopting to a more connected-type enterprise, enabling those features. Um, I think the, the adoption of mobility is coming into play as well, and this really kind of gets into the overall architecture of what we're seeing in a lot of our our industrial space, people are adding mobi- you know, mobility and adding wireless connectivity in these plants. And there's better understanding and capability to do correct network segmentation to allow things like that. So I think we'll see some expansion on a lot of our mobile platforms as yeah, well we, and taking advantage of some of those features, right? Yeah, we, we definitely see, I mean, every year, Automation Fair, some of the other trainings and shows that we do, it's, it's like ramping up every year. More people want to add mobility or increase mobility or... And I think historically, we've had the, the, the luxury of Thin Manager being very forward-leaning. Um, you know, for many years, we had uh, a feature set called Term Secure, which, which evolved into what we refer to as relevance users today. And that was a very underutilized piece of the, you know, of the, of the platform. And it was mostly because you know, the domain controllers didn't exist or weren't available on the manufacturing side of the network. Well, eventually that started to change. And now domain controllers are, are pretty much the standard, you know, even on the manufacturing side of the network. So guess what? Relevance users becomes a very predominant play now for Thin Manager. I think it's very similarly with, with mobile technology. So I think Thin Manager was ahead of the curve uh, with relevance location-based content delivery, but the wireless infrastructures weren't necessarily there. Those are starting to catch up now. And now we're, we're pretty much ready to, to already be deployed in those environments. So, so that's one real, you know, kind of, not to play on words, but a secure feeling of a customer that, that they know that they've got a platform that they can trust as their needs evolve. All right, so I do want to switch gears just a little bit because um, I, I wanted to ask, you know, in, I guess, from version 10 to version 11, a lot of what, uh, or as I guess one of the more talked about features was integrating Factory Talk and Thin Manager closer. And I was just wondering if this upcoming year was going to see any additions to that, any, you know, uh, especially with VUSE and, and, and the, I guess the updates they're making, is, uh, is there going to be any further integration or anything like that with Thin Manager? 
let's start that conversation with factory talk activation. Really, that was the first, um, you know, the first major uh, enhancement to Thin Manager that tied back into into the factory talk portfolio, and and that was something that we included in the version ten release of the product. So now, you know, since that time, Thin Manager can be purchased as either a, a factory talk activated uh, piece of software or our traditional activation method, um, you know, Thin Manager product licensing. With regard to Factory Talk View, that's a great example, Brian. Um, we have done some work, you know, since acquisition, you know, on authentication pass-through. You know, that that's the ability to uh, to pass a security token from Thin Manager into running sessions of Factory Talk View SE. Um, and and this year we're really excited about the 12.0 release of Factory Talk View SE because there'll be some native functions that Thin Manager functions that get exposed within SE itself. Oh, cool. So if you want to know in SE what the Thin Manager relevance location is on your mobile device so that you want to do something dynamically within View SE based on that location, you don't have to write complicated VBA code to do that now. You'll be able to just simply reference the relevance location you know, via a, you know, a function in SE. And there's a few others that are going to be added as well. Um, and it's taking advantage inherently of our, our term mon active X control. So there's a number of um, properties and methods that are in that ActiveX control that over time we'd like to expose more and more of natively within Factory Talk View SE without writing any VBA code. So one, one of the other products that we're, we're adding some integration for and, and going to be supporting is, is the Asset Center platform. Uh, one of the requests that we've had numerous times from a lot of our customers was the ability to use Thin Manager to not just deliver the entire Asset Center application, typically a thick client, uh, can also be accessed through a web browser, but also to be able to check out a particular asset, uh, most commonly an ACD file, which is what's used to program one of the Logics controllers. Um, so we've got now support to be able to check out that specific application uh, utilizing Factory Talk security based on the existing logged in user. Uh, when you launch that particular application link through Thin Manager, it will check out your application, your ACD file. We'll launch Studio 5000. You can make all of your edits to the controller. Uh, program and then you can check that back in. So again, this is this will be a, a big productivity enhancement for those that are using the uh, revision control support of Asset Center for their Logics programming. So, so Nick's early explanation there is that we always show the scanning of a QR code using relevance locations in our demos, and typically we're showing well, there's a QR code here on the control panel, and when you scan that QR code, what gets delivered is. You know, Logix 5000, Logix Designer with the ACD file opened up automatically. Invariably, in those presentations, there's an Asset Center user in that audience who raises their hand and says, well, hey, can, can, I, can I do that with Asset Center? Which basically means, can I check out that asset out of Asset Center before opening it? And previously, we didn't have the best of answers. We, we said that, well, yeah, like Nick said, we can deliver the Asset Center client application but then you have to manually find that asset and open it up. Well, that kind of defeats the idea of relevance location-based content delivery. We want to check out the asset automatically, and this new integration enables that to happen. So we're super excited about that because that is something that's been asked for for you know, five, six years. So really excited yeah, that's about really that. really cool. I mean, it's a time saver, but also it can save time on naming conventions, all kinds of stuff because people can tie straight to that, they don't have to, to go find it. Yeah, and another, another big benefit there, Brian, is it's adding layer security around revision control for your, your, your most critical component, right, your controller. We are going to be restricting access 
to you know who can modify those particular applications. And again, that's something that's natively done with Factor Talk Security and the Asset Center platform today. Uh, but now, not only can you not get to the desktop of the application, you can only get to the particular controller file that you are interested in and have access to. So we're, we're really providing a very secure development environment for our customers with this integration. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, especially on top of the roles, groups, rights that you already have available through through relevant user services. Well, let me, I got a couple more questions for you guys before I let you get out of here. Um not, I mean, not quietly, but somewhat quietly, subscription service for Thin Manager uh, has rolled out. Uh, I don't think we made a, a huge deal out of it. We did market it a little bit. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, because now you can buy Thin Manager subscription-based. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, what, um, what some of the, what some of the advantages are over perpetual or just, you know, do people just want to subscribe to products like like they can for many others or just basically what are some of the advantages of subscription sure i think i think one of the big ones brian is the ability for our customers to have and and use exactly what they need you know in subscription you're able to scale along with your growth um, you know as my as my deployment of a particular facility grows i can scale my subscription model and I can also do what we're calling a restack. I can add features onto that. I can add different components onto that, you know, as the, the project progresses. Um, well, you can still do that in a perpetual uh, style licensing model. I think that, that that becomes more simplified in a subscription style license where I'm only really paying for and using what I need at the current time. And as my needs grow, my, my volume of whether it's licensing or hardware or whatever we're talking about in a subscription model can kind of grow with me. Yeah, and I think you know since since the launch of Thin Manager as a subscription, you know there of course it's available for Factory Talk activation through the software portal, um, as well as our traditional activation. Um, you know there there has been you know some initial interest, not overwhelming interest, um, but that's kind of anticipated as the market adjusts, you know, to that new sure. buying model. Sure, I mean we've been doing twenty years of one way. So. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So, so that that's only going to grow. And again, it just it it offers our customer base that flexibility to to purchase the licensing the way that they need to purchase it and what what works best for them. Well, and you know, Doug mentioned the portal there. This is really going to be our go to market tool, right? Is is the software portal for those factory talk activated um, components, right? And that, that software portal has a lot of advantages to it. It's going to allow um, for, for pretty quick, simple, you know, ease of uh, procuring software as well as enable things like automatic renewals. Um, you'll be able to set up automatic renewals, have things sent directly to you, um, you know, on connected machines. You'll be able to have all of your software um, automatically renew, push new activations, uh, renew your support, It'll be a very automated service. So there's a lot coming from the, the Greater Rockwell team on on the benefits of the portal across our software portfolios, um, but really excited about what that's going to bring to. Right. I mean, there's obviously much more in Thin Manager in the in the portal as well, so gives you kind of one yeah one base to start at too. All right. So the last question I have is version twelve, Thin Manager version twelve, which is currently slated for the last quarter of this calendar year. Um, uh, really, by the end of the year, what? What is something from you guys? What is a wow feature that you think? Um, and I guess I work on the marketing side. So what what is the wow feature that 
that you think people uh, are really gonna really gonna love, whether it's the the web browser, um, you know, built in natively, or, or what, what do you got? I, I think Nick hit hit the nail on the head. I think the web browser display client is is really a game changer for us. Um, and, and, and as he alluded to earlier, essentially what that allows a customer to do, if they're delivering web-based content today in Thin Manager, they've got to stand up a remote desktop server and they've got to host their web browser on that remote desktop server in order to deliver it to a Thin Manager managed client. Um, what the web browser display client eliminates is that need to host a web browser on a remote desktop server. So that, dis- that web browser runs natively and locally on the Thin Manager managed terminal. And that way you, you, you kind of reduce that server-based infrastructure that, uh, that Nick was alluding to. And it makes kind of that, that cost of entry for Thin Manager, you know, a, a lot more palatable, even for smaller deployments. Guys, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Plant. Both Doug and Nick can be reached with questions. They are real people. Their contact information can be found on thinmanager.com on the contact page. If you like this episode, please click the subscribe button and subscribe to The Plant for a monthly discussion on emerging automation technologies. For more information on Thin Manager, please visit thinmanager.com from any of your devices. I'm your host, Brian Harned, and we look forward to talking to you next time on The Plant.